Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message with teaching pastor Daryl Feemster. Why the resurrection? We're in a series. We talked about three weeks ago why Jesus. Last week we talked about why the cross. And this morning we want to talk about why the resurrection. Let me tell you, most of the time when we talk about resurrection, uh, there's people preaching all over the world today about the resurrection. Here's the thing I've discovered that most, a lot of times when we approach the resurrection, we talk about what was. That Jesus' resurrection proves that he was the Son of God. Some people say that the cross was a sacrifice for sin. Now we can be forgiven, cleansed, and cleared from all our guilt. And that's true, and that's incredibly true. And there are some people that will preach the resurrection today and say that the resurrection is God's guarantee that there's life after death. And since Jesus was raised from the dead, all of those who put their faith in him will be raised from the dead also. There's life after death. And again, that's true. But I'm afraid that what we tend to do on, on Easter Sundays is that we leave, leave it about the death or we leave it about the future, the resurrection of Jesus. We make a historical event or a future promise. Some people just say, well, it's just a holiday. A holy day is bad, but it's just a holiday. But if we're not careful, we're left celebrating what was and what will be. Now, I don't know about you. I thank God for what was, and I thank God for what will be, but I live now. Amen. I live in the reality of now. So what does the resurrection have to do with now? Why? was Jesus raised? And the simple answer, the glorious answer, is that Jesus was raised that you might have life more abundantly now. You can have that life in its abundance now. The living Lord Jesus wants to share life with you, all of you starting now. On the cross, he removed all that was against you, And all that stood between you and relating to the Father, the cross was God saying no to sin and death. And the resurrection is God saying yes to life for all who come to Him. Because He lives, the moment you trust Him, you are made alive too. And you are really alive. Not someday, but now. Last week we talked about Romans 5, 8, and I want to start there because we know this to be true. But God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But there's something more. Look at verse 9 and 10. We're going to be looking at that this morning. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, there it is again, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And that word saved by his life could literally be saved by means of his living. I want you to understand that Jesus is not a past tense Christ. And he's not just a future Christ. He's a right now living Lord and Savior. And you have the much more of God. You have been birthed into 
more than you know. And here's the thing. Today, the death and resurrection of Christ was not supposed to be a eulogy, but an encounter. God never intended us to make this an event, but an ongoing experience. You do realize we worship on Sunday because Jesus right rose from the grave on the first day of the week. As it dawned to the first day. So every Sunday we gather together to worship Jesus. We are declaring the resurrected Jesus is alive. And the resurrection doesn't just declare that Jesus is alive. It declares that Jesus is the life. The life that God intended all men to live. Jesus himself said in John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. In John 11.25, Jesus is at the graveside of Lazarus, and he tells Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And then in John 10.10, 10, Jesus is talking about the good shepherd who gives his life for the sheep. And he says concerning himself, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus is the life. Let me just tell you why. If the gospel was nothing more than, than that Jesus was born and he lived and he died, it would be like God telling us, well, I've, I've prepared a remedy for you. Here's the remedy. I came. I fixed the problem. Now you're fixed. Go and do better next time. That would not be good news. Go and do better next time. Wouldn't be good news. It'd be tragic because we never did do good the first time. We can't do it. And if you don't realize it yet, you can't live it by yourself and by your own self-effort. In fact, the scripture says, by the deeds of the law, by our own self-effort, no one will be justified or made right in his sight. Thanks to the resurrection, you just don't you you don't just receive something called salvation, you receive someone who is himself a savior. You don't just receive a teaching or a doctrine, you receive a person. Not just for the past or even for the future, but for now. Jesus comes to be the life of God in you by the person of His Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2 tells us that you were dead in trespasses and sin, but God made you to live to God made you alive together with or in Christ. This morning I'm going to share three things that we have thanks to the resurrection. Thanks to what he did in putting us in Christ and Christ coming to be in us. The first thing is, is he made you a new creation. If you know Jesus Christ, if you ever trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to know by the power of the scripture and the truth, you were born again. You were regenerated. That word literally means regenesis. It was you were created again. You became someone you had never been before, a new creation. And it's by the resurrection. Pastor Chris read the verse as we started today. First Peter 1 3, but I want you to see it. 
Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us, He has created us to be born again to a living hope. And I want you to see the word through. And every time you hear me say through today, I want you to think of this definition. By means of. Through means by the instrumentality of. By means of. He made you alive. He birthed you into a living hope by means of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's not a rejuvenation. You didn't get a new way of thinking, though you have a new way of thinking. It wasn't just about having a new way of behavior. You became someone you had never been before. You became a new creation. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away and new things have come. You are a new creation. When you trust Christ, God literally creates you again. That's why we're talking about being babes, born again. You were given a life you never possessed before you believed. Jesus is that life. Not only are you a new creation, you're a new man. The Bible says the old man that we were has been crucified with Christ. The old man that we were in Adam, those things that we inherited from Adam, was when, when you trust Christ, God places you in Christ, and everything that's been true of Christ now becomes true of you. So when he died, you died with him. Look at Romans chapter 6, verse 3. It says, Don't you know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised by, from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Walk now in newness of life. Folks, listen to me. Your death is not going to straighten everything out. Jesus has already straightened everything out. Amen. Your death is not going to take care of one thing, one problem. Jesus is going to take care of your problem. You have been recreated a new man. Galatians 2.20 says this is, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We have an entirely new identity in Christ. And Paul challenges us in Ephesians 4.24 to put on that new man. Recognize it. Put it on. Enrobe yourself with the reality of that new man that was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. That very simply means to me that we can choose to live by the active character of God, the Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ, who now lives in us. The best part, I think, is the third point. We're not only given a, a new identity for Christ, we're not only a new creation, but we have a new ability. Philippians 4.13 is one of my favorite verses. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I usually use that verse when I'm in trouble. How about you? Well, I know the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I want you to know that's a, literally, that is an eternal truth. The Amplified version of that verse says this, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me 
I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through by means of Him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. We have a new ability. Jesus wants to be the source of your life today. The source of your being. The source of your behavior. If you don't know that, we're constantly trying to, to do it. We're constantly trying to be it. God never wanted us to try to be like Christ. He wants us to come to the place where we let Christ be Himself in us. To live His life through by means of me. And that's incredible news. But that usually doesn't come very easy. It doesn't come quick or it didn't for me. If I looked at my journey and how my, you know, there was a time when I was a young boy that, that I came to faith in Jesus Christ. And I realized that all that I understood was what people told me. It wasn't that I read, but that there was something in me that made me know that I needed Jesus. I, you know, and the trouble sometimes is we settle for teaching and doctrine and tradition something far less than the resurrection life Jesus comes to give. I knew that Jesus was born, He worked miracles, He died on the cross for my sins, and that if I trusted Him, I'd go to heaven when I died. So I made the decision, I prayed a prayer, and I knew Jesus died for me. I put my faith in a past event, the cross, and I, I had a feeble kind of hope for the future. Heaven when I died. All that was great. And let me tell you something, it was real. But it was so much less than what God had for me. So, uh, I tried to be good. And many of you know we're not too good at being good. <laughs> In fact, being good becomes its own load. I like it in Romans 7 where Paul says, For the very things that I want to do, I don't do. Mm-hmm. I find myself wanting, 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 but never able, able, able. Found myself, you know, kind of sometimes God throws, not God, life throws curveballs at you. Not, there's not a lot of strikes, there's a lot of curveballs in my life. You get mixed up, you mess up. And often times we're tempted to give up. And here's the thing. When you cry out to God in a messed up, mixed up way, it's amazing. He's there. Jesus is alive. And he forgives me and he rescues me again. And now I'm going to do it. Right? I'm going to try harder. I'm going to do more. I'm going to learn more. And I start to cry out to God and ask God, please be with me and help me. But I discovered often the hard way that you put yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time, wrong happens. And in the midst of all of that, when you turn to God, you find He's still there. He's still alive. He's still living. And He's still Savior. And when you ask Him, He'll forgive you and He will save you. And then through his remarkable grace, I came to understand that not only did Jesus die for me, and not only was he with me, but he himself was alive in me. I was not only forgiven, but I was freed from the power of sin. 
I've been crucified with Christ. Now I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to trust Him to live. To help me. Help me want to. Help me try harder. But you see, my real problem was still there. I was wanting Jesus to help me live my life. We want him to help us live our life, the life we want, the life we plan. And I want to make a statement, this is going to be maybe a little different for you, but I want to make a statement, I'm going to put it on the screen. God doesn't want your commitment to live for him. He wants your submission, your trust, your surrender, that he may live by means of you, through you. And Hebrews chapter 13 is the benediction of the book of Hebrews, and I found something in there that that just really helped me. Hebrews 13, verse 20 and 21 says, Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of, eternal covenant, of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you, that means make you fit, to give you everything you need in every good thing to do His will. Working in us, that which is pleasing in His sight, through, by means of, Jesus Christ. In other words, Jesus wants to make you fit for this world, equip you in everything that you might do what God has always purposed and planned for you. And that it might be pleasing in His sight. You know, ever since I've been a Christian, I wanted to do God's will. And I remember as a young man crying out, God, if you'll just show me your will, I'll do it. I couldn't do it, but I could continue to make that prayer. And here's what I've discovered over, over the years. God's will is what He made me to be. He has created me to be, and He is now, by Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, wanting to equip me, making me fit to become what He always intended me to be. Sometimes we, think we choose our vocation. How many of you realize you chose the wrong one? Let me tell you, God has the right one in the right place, and he will equip you with everything necessary through Christ Jesus to be and to do everything you were created to be and do. Thank you, resurrection. And I want you to understand that God is available, not only available, he's in you to do it, and there's the best thing God can do is not let some of our things turn, turn out. The best thing God can do is not, not let us run down that road to an ending that won't be a good one. He has a plan for you. So how do you let Jesus live? How do you get this resurrection life to be the source and supply of your life. And a lot of times we've used different examples, and I've used it along. And then this year, the Lord just really dropped it in. He said, Girl, Jesus is the best example of everything I'm going to tell you. Jesus is the best example. You see, Jesus became the man God intended all men to be. It's called the last Adam in Scripture. The first Adam messed it up, he screwed everything up. But Jesus came and he straightened everything out. All our question marks become exclamation points. When you understand Jesus is our example. You see, you've got to understand, Jesus did.
by himself of his own initiative. He lived his life by another. Look at John chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. What the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he's doing. That word shows doesn't mean that, that Jesus had a video of it, but Jesus was given perspective and, and was given ability to see what God was doing at the time he was here. I want you to understand that Jesus lived the life you live. He was tempted in all ways. Just like we are. But he lived the life by another, by the Father. And he said in verse 30, he said, I can do nothing of my own. I judge as God tells me. Therefore, my judgment is just because I carry out the will of him who sent me, not my own will. And I want you to see this in the Amplified because it just kind of gives expression, kind of takes these words and unfolds them for us in a way that we can see it practically. It says, I am able to do nothing for myself. Now, remember, this is Jesus talking. I can't do anything. This is Jesus who made the blind to see. He raised the dead. Jesus said, it wasn't me. It was the Father doing his works through me. All I'm doing is centering myself on Him, on His will, and He does all the works. I do nothing of my own initiative. I do nothing independently of my own accord. But only as I'm taught by God and as I give His orders. Even as I hear, I judge. I decide as I'm bidden to decide as the voice comes to me. In other words, Jesus was listening for the Father's voice just like you are now listening for God's voice. As the voice comes to me, so I give a decision. I make a choice. And my judgment is right, just and righteous, because I do not seek or consult my own will. I have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself, my own aim or my own purpose. But listen, but only the will and pleasure of the Father who sent me. When you look through the New Testament, here's what I want to challenge you to do. If you want to live this kind of life, get to know the Jesus of the New Testament and how he lived that life. He said, I never did anything of my own accord. Well, then how did he do it? He heard what the Father was saying, and he responded. And as he responded, the Father filled him with the power to do everything the Father wanted done. In John 14, it's not going to be on the screen, but in verse 10, Jesus said this, Do not, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father's in me? The words that I speak to you, I don't speak my own authority, by my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. And then he makes an incredible promise. Most assuredly, verse 12 of John 14, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, Jesus, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. 
which means I'm going to send my spirit to be in you. And everything the Father was to me, the Holy Spirit's going to be to you. The Spirit of Christ is going to be in you. And greater works than you've seen me do, you have the ability to do. You say, yeah, right. No, it is right. It is Christ in us. The hope of glory. Jesus lived the life of a man who let God be God in his living as God intended. And by the resurrection, he makes that same dynamic of life available to whoever calls upon his name. Whoever follows him, who receives him. If you want to live that way, You've got to intend to. You've got to plan on it. In other words, you've got to get to know the Jesus that lived that way. It's in His Word. It's in His truth. Get to know and let Him teach you. You have the Holy Spirit. Here's what the Holy Spirit says. I'll guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit says He's not going to make much of the Spirit. He's going to make much of Jesus. He wants you to understand. And let me tell you how Jesus did it. He'd go off sometimes all night and spend time with Sometimes he would do he would do things. I must go by Samaria. How do you know he must go by there? How do you know who to choose as his disciples? We think, well, he was God. No, he was a man too. He was the man God intended all of us to be. And God gave us a way to know him. He gave us the scriptures to know him. And we can put into practice what Jesus put into practice. And we can just to know him and know how to live that way. That's thanks to the resurrection. By means of the resurrection, Jesus will empower you. I'm getting a little excited, sorry. It is by his life we live and move and have our being and express his character through our personality in this world, in this day, for his purpose and by his power. Thanks to the resurrection of Jesus, that divine life of God is available to every person. I want to close with one verse. 1 John, 1 John chapter 5, verse 12. The New American Standard. It's a very simple statement. The boy talks about loaded with meaning. He that has the Son has the life. And literally, in the Greek, the life is how it says. The life. Literally, this life. He that has the Son, Jesus, has this life. No questions about it. No qualifications. He that has the Son, and as many as received him, for them he gave the authority to become sons of God, the Bible said. He that has the Son has this life. So look at the last part. He that does not have the Son does not have this life. Does not have the life. And you may be existing, you may be going through the motions, you may be doing a lot of things, but let me tell you, you don't have the ability to live it apart from him. The resurrection is not about the past, it's just about the past, and it's not just about the future. It's about right now, in your life, in your ability, what God wants for you. And let me tell you, He loves you, 
and he wants to show you what he's doing right now, and he wants you to allow him as you submit and surrender, and as he opens your eyes to see it, just to say yes to him, and he himself will, by his spirit, come and empower you and equip you, make you fit to do it. And you'll know he's doing it. Do you have that life? Do you have his life? You don't have to wait until you die. Resurrection life is available to us today, right here, right now. There's three kinds of people here this morning. I believe the Lord showed me this week. There's three kinds of people here this morning. The first ones are those people who are not sure about any of this. They've heard about it all before. They, they've been witnessed to, they've been talked about, they hear the thing. Not only have they heard about it, they've seen what we call Christianity. Sometimes we Christians are not the best advertisement for real Christianity. So maybe you're here this morning, you're just not sure, you're just not sure about any of this. So let's just forget all of that. Let me ask you a question. Where's your life heading? What's it going to amount to? What's really being accomplished by the life you're living? So if you were to take the life you're living and add it all up, what would be the result? Jesus said, I'm going to give you life and life abundantly. Why? Why don't you just give Jesus a second look? Maybe you can pray something like this. Jesus, if you're alive, and if you really died for sinners, if you have life that is better and abundant now, I want to trust you. I want to believe. I submit to you my doubts, my fears, and my frustrations, and I say yes to you. Forgive my sins and give me this resurrected life. I believe with all my heart if you pray that prayer, you will have an encounter with the reality of the resurrection. The second group of people that I know is here this morning is you're you're saying amen under your breath. When I talk about Jesus being alive right now in power and grace and love, you're about to burst. It lights a fire in you. You've experienced a life change. You know the deliverance, the peace, the joy that comes through trusting Christ. And you're so excited that it's resurrection day. But I want to ask you a question. Are you doing His will or yours? Maybe a prayer you can pray this morning is, Lord, I surrender again myself to you. I submit to you. I'm asking you to equip me, to fit me, make me fit for what you want to do in this world for this time. Let your will be done by means of me. You pray that prayer. Whatever he says to you, determine in your heart to respond and trust him to do it. He's going to do it. Faithful as he has called you, he will also do it. Second Thessalonians 5, 24 tells us. Then there's this third group. This third group are here, you come to church, you 
but you're ready to give up. You're tired, you've tried to believe, you've tried to live it, but life is hard. In fact, when you look at it, you haven't lived life, life has lived you. You may still be going through the motions, you may smile when everyone says, how are you doing? But in reality, right now, life's not working too good for you. You pray, but like it bounces off the ceiling. I've been there. Today is Easter. Today is Resurrection Day. Why not give the living Lord Jesus another chance? Maybe you could pray something like this. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead. I really do believe you're alive. I'm asking you today to heal this hurt. This pain. Take away my doubts. Forgive me. And come live your life in me. I surrender to you. Let your will be done in me the way you planned it. Why the resurrection? The tomb is empty so you can be filled. He's here. He's ready. Would you trust him? You're not alone this morning. The resurrected Lord Jesus is present here for you. Would you receive him? Let's worship him together. Would you stand with me?
feeling alone this morning, but as Pastor Joe shared this word, I love what Acts chapter 2 says when Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and preaching the word of God. It says they heard and they believed and they were saved. If you were hearing the word of God preached this morning and you felt the Holy Spirit speaking to you and you believe, then you will never be alone again. Jesus Christ is now residing in your heart and you were born again just as he preached this morning. If, if that happened to you this morning, the word says that we're born like a new baby and we have to begin maturing. And we want to give you a free gift this morning. It's called 10 Steps Toward Christ. If you are a new believer or have been a believer for a little bit but still in that maturing phase, pick one of these up on your way out. If you know of someone that would uh, benefit from this book, you take one and give it to them as a free gift. It walks you through uh, the basic steps of becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. Let myself or Pastor Gerald know or anybody with a name tag, um, if you would, if you've received Christ and need somebody to walk with you in that process, we would love to walk with you in that as you start following Jesus Christ every day. We've got just a couple of announcements before you go. First of all, I just want to share that every week we have a handout that's up in the foyer. You can get one of these that tells you everything that's going on in that month, and you can pick one of those up today. All of our regular activities are going to be occurring this week. NCC Kids, Wednesday night, all of our life groups, which are just uh, small groups, fellowship time with other believers. Uh, you can find information on those, both on uh, a handout in the foyer and also on our website. Also, if you would like to connect with us, there's always a physical connect card out there, but you can also do that online. We also have a four-week class that you can take if you'd like to learn more about NCC and connect with us. It's on our website under the About page, uh, and it just is called Connect. 2 Corinthians 9-7 says, God loves a cheerful giver. And at New Covenant, we don't pass an offering plate, but we do offer the opportunity every week to give of our tithes and offerings, both freely and with joy, via offering boxes here and in the foyer. Uh, and you can also do that on our website as well. Before we close, I also want to just take an opportunity to thank uh, Sonia Morris and President Randy Morris, uh, also Tammy Martin. They, are, they lead our greeting team, and then Tammy leads our hospitality team. Uh, if you felt welcome this morning, it was thanks to them and all the greeters and hospitality members that we have here. And we just hope that you felt welcome this morning. Uh, and I want to take this opportunity to give you a personal invitation to come back next week and worship with us again. Uh, next week we're going to start a new series that's going to dovetail right into what Pastor Darrell just uh, taught us this morning. And the title is called Burning Grace. And it sounds uh, heretical. Uh, but if you want to find out why it's not, come back next week. But before you leave, uh, let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you uh, for this time this morning. We hope that you received our praises as we lifted them up to you, Lord. Father, we ask and just, we just thank you for the sacrifice of your Son, Jesus Christ. Not only his sacrifice and death, but this morning we celebrate his life. The life that he gave that we can now live, Father, that Jesus Christ will live in us and through us, Father. We give you praise and glory and honor for that and ask that you would live your life through us as we go out into our community, into our workplaces, into our schools, into our homes, Father, that everyone around us will see your life through us. And we ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message.